Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. Listen in and learn how to use new mind, body, and spirit wisdom and supportive tools to move beyond your fears, self-doubts, and limiting beliefs. Tanya is devoted to helping you heal pain, illness, and trauma so you can enjoy a healthy body and balanced lifestyle. You deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. Hello, 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 everyone. Woohoo! Happy 2018. <laughs> Welcome to the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life podcast, an inspiring, empowering series where some of the world's cutting edge mind, body, spirit, healers, coaches, and leaders are coming together to share with you their wisdom, their tools, to help you move beyond fears, self-doubts, limiting beliefs, so that you can heal pain, illness, trauma, and anything else that is holding you back. I am your host, Tanya Penny, Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Catalyst and Coach. And I'm here because I am devoted to helping you have a healthy body, peaceful mind, a balanced life, so that you can fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and ultimate freedom. Woo, today, I am super excited to kick off this year with Jill Renee Feeler. We are going to be diving into living your passions and purpose today. So I've known Jill for, gosh, I've been following Jill for probably one to two years now. And um, I just had a session with her a few months ago and was so honored when she agreed to join me today for the podcast, especially for the beginning of the year. I have a feeling that she's going to blow our minds today. So <laughs> yay, Jill. Um, so for those of you who are new to Jill, Jill Renee Feeler invites us into not just another dimension of ourselves, but into another spectrum of our humanity. She is boldly setting the stage for the 21st century spirituality, ushering in a way for being divine while also being holy human. I love that. She embodies awareness, wisdom, and unconditional love that turn present-day spiritual teachings on their head. Jill offers her audience and clients clear, game-changing tools for bypassing the limitations of this age, for connecting directly to your eternal energy field and your inherent sovereignty. As a rising star in the personal growth industry, published author, unforgettable speaker, and top-rated intuitive, her, her fresh ideas come to life and awaken the soul for even the most advanced spiritual seeker. Hoo-wee. We are going to have um, quite a time today, Jill. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I want to say hello to everybody. <laughs> Thank, thank you so much for being here, Jill. I know I'm just like, wow, I just got to take a breath. Like, <laughs> I already woke up this morning kind of feeling um, buzzy and like, holy cow, like this is going to be pretty amazing today. <laughs> you know, the master 
Is it okay if I just dive in? <laughs> oh, please, please, Jill. Okay. And before, it, but one second, I just want to throw out to everyone who's live today. Um, if you have a question, we are only going to be taking questions from the webcast. So sorry for those of you who are on the phone. Um, you can jump over to webcast if you want, but go ahead and submit your questions to the box um, on the bottom of the screen, I believe. It's somewhere on the screen. And then at the end of the call, we are going to be taking a few questions. So, Jill, yes, dive in, sister. What do you got for us? <laughs> I, did, I didn't have a, you know, and those of you that know me know I don't do like a prepared message, but I knew that what I call my team, which is the connection of soulfulness that, that is the all that is that I connect to, um, the unique aspect of God that I am as my higher self. And I, I knew that my team would have something important for us, and I just feel like it's it's like sliding in <laughs> already here. So hmm. what, what we what we're excited about for all of us here, every, every single person listening, whether it's live or an archive that you're listening to this, is that the 2018 frequencies, it, it is a master number. It's a master number 11. And I'm not a numerologist. I haven't studied that as human Jill in this lifetime. But I, it, it, they're showing me this image of like the first time that you drove yourself after you for those of us that have a driver's license and you were like oh my god it's just me like my <laughs> my guardian or parent isn't here with me it's like just me and i've got the license right next to me showing i'm a licensed driver but holy crap like this is real <laughs> right that's how i feel about 2018 because there were there were a lot of misconceptions about about what our mastery meant so there's been a lot of back and forth and two steps forward, one step back for a lot of amazingly dedicated light workers, carriers of light, I call us bringers of light into this reality. And the, one of the biggest misunderstandings a lot of us had was that as we expanded our consciousness and as we were holding more of our light, that our lives would automatically get easier or that some of the mm. challenges that we used to face would be gone. So that's what I mean by the two steps, two steps forward, one step back sensation is that a lot of us, when we do come across these challenges in our lives that feel what some people call very 3D, very everyday, like everybody got, you know, everybody's got to deal with these challenges, that when we face those, it's like, oh, I must be doing something wrong because the, the tenet had been, well, masters don't have to deal with this stuff. But right. If you're enlightened, if you're enlightened, then you shouldn't have any problems, and your life should be perfect. Perfect. Right. And Jesus and Buddha, just to name two ascended masters, would beg to differ. Right. When we're here, we encounter challenges, and those challenges don't have to be something that we think um, of as a personal, uh, like a personal lesson, or oh, I must deserve this, or my team must be, you know, giving me a test. It's it's much more masterful to encounter those challenges with your light intact knowing it's there that this may not this challenge isn't necessarily personal to you and a lesson you have to learn but it is on your doorstep so how do you want to respond so when we get really wrapped up in the the oh my gosh you know this shouldn't be happening right now or I don't want this to be happening right now did I manifest this what did I do wrong we actually get out of our center of light. We step away from our soulfulness because we feel like our soulfulness has pushed us away. And that is so not the case. Hmm. You know, Jill, you bring up a, 
I get a, I get a lot of questions from people around, oh, so these challenges, you know, that come into my life, are they things that my soul chose to have or are some of them just random and maybe they're happening because I'm a part of somebody else's, you know, big picture and they need this? Like, what's your perspective mm-hmm. on that? I feel like it can be all of those things, and I I do tend to encourage people to pick the response that's going to let you hold your light the best. Mm. Does that make sense? So it feels like, I mean, to our human mind, that feels like a very cheater kind of answer. But let's think about what that really means. So if if we in our client work, right, if we tell a client, because I'm guessing we have a lot of fellow practitioners on the call here today, because <laughs> I just feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If we tell our clients, yeah, you needed to learn this lesson, it immediately deflates them because they they put themselves back in this role of the student, right, as, oh, I, I must not know this yet. I feel small. I feel incapable. My higher self knows something I don't know. Um, I'm stuck here alone on earth trying to figure out this lesson. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the energetic impact that I see when someone has the understanding that a challenge is something they needed to learn, right? Well, and we, so can, yeah, and we can beat ourselves up you, for it too, for sure. Yes, and they're less equipped than in my, in my perception to deal with it because they're separating themselves from their light. They're feeling like they didn't earn it yet. So mm. another approach, if you say, well, Maybe, I mean, does it matter if this is personal to you or not? It's something that's going on in your life. How do you want to respond to it? If we neutralize it at least a little bit, then we take the the personal lesson, karma, you deserve this, or you signed up for this, you've got a contract somewhere, that's why this is happening. Again, we just feel like something is happening beyond our control. And again, it deflates us. So my recommended approach pretty much across the board is it kind of doesn't matter why it's there. It's there. What do you want to do about it? Well, and it's funny because the human mind, you know, that's one of the, <laughs> the, yeah. one of the first things the ego wants to know when something happens is why is this why? happening? I know. Yes. Right? I so told you. Yes. Right. So it's so consistent. <laughs> yes. So this is the thing is that a lot of us are, um, it's like the mind in that way is, is so much in our driver's seat, we don't even realize it. So the mind asks, I call them trick questions. The mind asks why, and we feel obligated to give it an answer, don't we? But another response is, you don't have to know why. So I, I routinely, especially when my brain was still in that habit of, but why did this happen? Now I say back to my brain, great question. I don't think we're going to get an answer for that. Let's deal with what we've got. I love that so answer. <laughs> it, it works. It, I'm telling you guys, it's just like a big secret the recipe for, for moving forward because what I found is that the brain is really never as satisfied as it seems like it is to have an answer. Because even when you well, give it an amazing answer, it'll think of another question right after that. Yeah, and it can actually hold you back, right? If you get stuck in constantly wanting answers and wanting to know why, it kind mm-hmm. of can keep you from moving forward, from taking action on something else that is much more, I don't want to say productive, but you know, you know what I mean. I totally agree. I mean, think of relationships, right? Whether it's a relationship with a company as an employee or a relationship with a business partner, romantic relationship, a sibling relationship, a child relationship, any relationship, if it's not going well, if it has some sort of an undertone of friction in it, our brain asking why 
sometimes is keeping us from making a decision to either switch our gear to move into another mode of ourselves in that in that situation or where we have a choice to depart from that contract, say no to that relationship. This isn't going the way mm. I thought it was. I'm not okay with this anymore. I wouldn't say yes to this today. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask myself that question. Do I want this? And do I want to like switch gears and, and begin saying no, where I had been saying yes. So the, the, incessant why, 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 why I must have to learn something or, you know, the stories that we give our brains. And sadly, in metaphysical communities, it happens all the time. I hear from my clients the most elaborate reasons for why they are in unhappy situations and in unhappy decisions that they made years ago that to me make no sense. It's just like, so who told you what about some karmic what? What? <laughs> I have, what I have to stay true? in this relationship until I until I fulfill the karma. That's right. Karma, no, right? you don't understand. You don't understand, Jill. It's my twin flame. Oh, okay. Well, that. <laughs> so ten years of misery. When is this going to be over? <laughs> right. It's just. It's so interesting how easily we let a story dictate what we can and can't be, and it doesn't well, have to be that way. Yes, and I think we're touching on something really important, especially on the new year, of course, and the topic of living your passions and purpose. You know, mm-hmm. the new year is all about people, most people are looking at what do they want for the, the coming year, right? What do they want yeah. for the coming year and their goals and their their intentions and their desires, whatever whatever you guys want to call it, right? We call it whatever. But to to realize that, like Jill is saying, we really can choose today to make it different. We don't have to wait another year or we don't have to wait and stay in, whether it's the job or the relationship or fill in the blank, right, because of your karma or because of all the other stuff yeah. that is pretty much gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just felt from my team this statement about stop waiting to be perfect before you can be wonderful. Mm. And, Jill, you're talking to the right people here. I'm a recovering perfectionist. And and so most of the people in in, in this community, and I'm sure your community, too, that's joining us today. Can you say that one more time? Stop waiting to be perfect in order to be wonderful. We don't have to to be perfect. I know. Just feel I have goosebumps from head to toe. When When we stop this passion for getting everything right and and removing our flaws and clearing old wounds and all these things we sometimes put it in what i would call a serial process this then this we never get to the being wonderful part we never get to the part of really appreciating what's always been amazing about ourselves and that's what that's my passion totally because i saw that missed opportunity when I stepped into my gifts and I started, you know, engaging with other, um, you know, I want to say practitioners in the field and just their mindset was about, well, you know, I'm still working on that. I'm still working on that. And they made it seem like they're not able to enjoy their innate gifts of spirit until they get those things fixed. And I kept feeling like something is wrong here. What, what is, this just feels so off to me. What is this? And my, as I said that, my team just immediately showed me this, this structure of keeping us in this pattern of waiting for 
waiting for feeling wonderful, waiting for feeling like we deserve it, waiting for feeling like we're, we are a gift of source in this reality because we still have these imperfections. What if the imperfections don't even matter? What if it's like, to date myself, Cindy Crawford's mole on her cheek, right? <laughs> what, if, what if it makes you amazing, right? And I know it sounds cliche, but you guys, we do it all the time. We yeah. obsess oh, about yeah. the mole on our cheek. Nobody else yeah. is even bothered by it. They're too busy enchanted with your beautiful eyes. And maybe some people really like that mole. That's right. right? Like people, some people make a fake mole. <laughs> <laughs> they want one so bad. <laughs> well, and, and there's so many. This is so important for everybody listening that, especially when it comes to fully living your purpose, right, is that yeah. – you don't have, like Jill said, you don't have to wait till you're perfect. You don't have to wait till you have it all together. Because I know there's a lot of coaches and healers here that are like, yeah, but I can't put myself out there yet because I've got to do this first or I've got to get rid of this quote-unquote negative part of me first or I have to get yeah. another certification. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> we are so similar, Tanya. I love this. is so fun to talk to you. Yeah. Exactly, the yeah. waiting until I'm ready. Ah, that's the brain. It's our beautiful brain feeling insecure that it's that it's not ready yet. But the the secret there is, I, I I'm happy to tell you this: your brain will never say it's ready, ever. Mm. Your brain will never say done. So it's it's necessary it's imperative <laughs> for all of us because we have so many gifts that we brought with us that our brain doesn't doesn't have anything doesn't know enough about and it may never know about it but it takes an override of passion of will of riskiness whatever whatever will get you over that that bump of the brain saying i'm not ready and you saying i but i'm ready <laughs> you may not be ready, but I'm but the ready. The soul is ready. The soul's ready. You're going anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ab absolutely. So, you guys, how many times, like, have you said, "Oh, I'll do this, whatever your dream is, whatever your desire is." How many times have you said, "I'll do this when or if this"? And what is that thing, right? What is that thing that you've been waiting to do? And what can you do starting today? What's one little small thing you can do starting today to move towards that and stop waiting? I want everyone to, like, write that down, like grab a piece of paper and write that thing down. Write that dream, whatever it is, and write one little action that you can start taking today because, like Jill said, your brain is never going to be ready. Your perfectionist, <laughs> your inner perfectionist is never going to say, oh, you know, we've got it perfect now. We can go um, because there is no such thing as perfect. That's right. Every so doctor, sure. the first time they perform surgery, every driver, the mm. first time they drove alone, every single one of us that have ever done a reading or a healing or, you know, anything in, in any genre, at some point we're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. And we were probably pleasantly surprised at how well we did. And even if you do make a mistake, I just want to add this, a quote-unquote mistake like, that's not a big deal. There really aren't even any mistakes. There's just things that we learn, right? I, I don't even, 
I don't believe in mistakes. And I think a lot of people too, Jill, I want to speak to this for a minute. A lot of people listening, well, pretty much everyone listening, we've all had some past trauma. Mm. And I think that that is one of the biggest things, right, that, that can hold us back if we allow it to, right? Because we're afraid, whatever the trauma was, we're afraid of being seen, we're afraid of being, being criticized, we're afraid of being embarrassed, fill in the blank, right? So how do people, mm-hmm. like, that's why the perfectionist, I think, is there. It's, it's trying to protect us, right, the perfectionist. Right. So, so true. what's something that we can do or say to that part of us to let it know that it's safe? I love this. Okay, so right next to what everybody wrote down that you asked them to about their biggest dream, right, that they haven't, haven't realized yet, haven't created yet, I'd ask you to put right next to it what's the biggest challenge keeping you from that dream because that's what needs the love. So for me, personally, <clears throat> when I first started sharing, as my throat chakra started to tighten up a little bit, this is so funny. <laughs> um, when I first started sharing, I was a professional in business. And it was, it was terrifying to me because I knew my biggest fear, though, was that the people that I work with in business wouldn't understand what I was doing. So my barrier, my challenge, my I don't know about this part, is what if other people that don't understand this criticize me or make fun of me, whatever. There were some uh, younger versions, inner child Jills, that were very uh, concerned about all of that. So my strategy was I'm going to do a blog talk radio show, right, be very public. Anyone could find it on the Internet, but I'm going to remove my last name. I'm just going to go by Mm -hmm. Jill Renee. And I actually was never using my middle name professionally or out in the world before that. So it was just a Jill feeler. So I thought, okay, that's a kind of a sneaky, in a way, thing to do. But it gave me the confidence that, okay, well, I'm removing that concern that I had. So for over a year in my work, I went by Jill Renee. And then it wasn't until years later where I was like, you know what? Even if somebody did say, do you have a blog talk radio show? I mean, like, what are you doing on Tuesday nights when you go home from work? <laughs> what is this? What is this thing? What is, what is all this? Um, I felt more confident that I would have that I would have been able to come up with an answer. That fear never happened. Nobody in in my business world ever like like whispered behind you know they never outed me. It was never an issue. I don't think they cared. And more of them were more into that kind of consciousness and mindfulness and things than than I probably realized anyway. I was probably the last one to the show to be honest <laughs> in terms of like, getting all this. <laughs> But so that that's one example of get creative about what is the barrier and how can you work around it? Because it is that's a that's a positive focus of energy versus waiting for that fear to go away, right? So change Absolutely. something about Absolutely. the environment so that you can keep moving forward. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I really I really like that, Jill. And I'm thinking even like another example. Some people are oh, I have to do Facebook Live or I've got to do video or, you know, I'm just thinking of a lot of healers and coaches I talk to. And it's like, well, if you're afraid of being seen, maybe start with audio only, right? Like we're doing yes. today. Like, you, you know, like, you know right. start, start small, like baby steps. Like you don't have to, you don't have to go big right away with whatever it is that you want to do. I think a lot of us are just caught up in that it has to be huge moves. 
Um, it's funny. I've got this thing in front of me that I'm looking at that says bold moves. So let it be bold, but it doesn't have to be huge. <laughs> yes, I love and, that. Um, it also- yeah, it's funny. It just popped out. Yeah, it just popped out mm-hmm. here. Um, I would thing add I, it. I, oh, yeah, yeah go you ahead. go first. No, you go. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Um, the other thing I would add is it doesn't have to be expensive. My first website mm. was from a Costco business membership. It was like 10 bucks a month. It was hideous, but it worked. I was able to put a blog. I was able to write articles and put it up there. I think I was able to do some e-commerce. I don't even know if I was doing private sessions at that time. I think I was, but it was very basic. But it was like 100 bucks and five hours of my time trying to figure out what the heck I was doing because I'd never done that before. But I figured it out. This is, to me, a really sad thing I see with clients that have, you know, just a litany of amazingly impressive certifications. I know a lot of those are very expensive. And then they're trying to get their website done. They're investing, you know, thousands of dollars on website design. And all of that they're hoping is going to help them build their confidence so that their brain, like we were talking about earlier, says, okay, now we're ready. But it doesn't have to be expensive. The other downside about the the investment of money to feel like you're finally going to be ready is that it starts to um, make our loved ones uh, disenchanted with what we're doing. Because for those of us especially that are married or share finances with somebody, it's they're, they're going to get tired of these endless investments in something and beginning to question if you're ever going to like actually charge anything and make money on this. Oh, I think you hit something big there. Um, yeah, a lot of people, and it can be a way that it can actually hold you back from actually moving forward and doing the thing you want to do. If you spend yeah. all your time on your website or all your time creating this, you know, the program has to be fully created before I can put myself out there. Things like that. And mm-hmm. spending in order to do the thing you want to do. You know, a lot of people I recommend um, when I do offer some business coaching is, like, please have a part-time job at least or keep your other job until you start to get some clients. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And I would add to it the, the nuance about watch what your money you're in. Money, I, wouldn't, I would be less concerned about time as long as it's not taking you away from an income earning job. But um, we're getting so brass taxed here. I love that. <laughs> Um, be mindful of the dollars you're investing in it as well and that the dollars you invest are in measure with the income you'll be receiving soon to pay off that investment. Um, it's very, and it was funny, I was just talking with a, with a client that happens to be a bookkeeper and she would be a natural business coach in so, so many ways, but people over-invest in their dreams mm-hmm. quite readily mm-hmm. and I, I just find that really unfortunate and completely unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think, yeah, I know we're hitting some basic things here, but I think it's important for people to hear this because this is even this, like people saying, oh, I don't have the money to do this. It's like, well, maybe you don't need the money, right? Maybe you don't have to invest a ton of money in order to live whatever the passion or or purpose, whatever it is. You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a pretty ring. (laughs) This is very funny. My face. Time is ringing. I don't. I'm like, who's calling me? No. <laughs> Nobody has a question. Else <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, that's good. So, 
So um, here's the other thing that came up when you were saying, um, what is the biggest challenge to your dream? Right, write that down. Is and you gave your example, right, of when you were growing up. And um, no, the other example I'm thinking of is when you said that you know use Jill Renee, and nobody even called you out. Nobody even you know. No. Blah blah yeah. blah. Your your biggest fear didn't happen. Now I'm going to go on no. the flip side here, for a minute. <laughs> let's say, let's just put it out there because it has happened to me that I did get people that trashed me or people, whether it was Facebook or whatever. I had a few people that really did um, criticize me and you know brought up all that kind of stuff. What mm. you know that's pro- it's what it can happen. So how do we yeah. prepare for that, and what would you say to that, Jill? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is, <laughs> this is such a fun one too. I love it. I love this conversation with you, Tanya. Thank you. So glad to be here. Um, it's funny because I've talked. I have friends that are very successful YouTubers. I mean, they've gone viral. They have, you know, extremely successful on social media, and it's been fun to have just very casual conversations with them about how they handle haters and how they interact with trolls and that kind of thing. And in a whole group, they were all like, I can't believe you do that, Jill. So everybody was very uh, not on board with my approach. But my approach is I delete those comments, and I will block those haters. And I know that's not popular. So I, I love how your question was, how do you, I think it was prepare yourself for that. You prepare yourself by find, in my way, by finding how do you block somebody and how do you delete a comment? <laughs> 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 I mean, it sounds so. I get it because my no, friends, I like it. you know, I my like friend's it. pushback was, but that's part of you know growing your business. That's part of growing your band. Is branded, you're going to have haters. But here's here's my and I, I I will own it that it may be a defensive position. Is but I don't have to make airtime for them on my channel on my Bingo. page and on my profile. I'm not denying anyone their opportunity to totally trash me, just you know, discredit me, do whatever they want to do on their on their creative spaces. But I look and I guess this is unique, I look at my YouTube channel, I look at my Facebook pages, I look at my social media as an extension of me and my home and my website. Right? So I would if I was hosting a dinner party and somebody came in and was trashing my house or saying, I can't believe you made this chicken, it's drier than dirt, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> I would say, uh, can somebody show them the door or here, I'll show you the door. Because they're, they're not appreciative of what I'm doing. And I'm not here to convince somebody to like me. If you like what I'm doing and you see value in what I'm offering, awesome. We will grow together in this process. But if really what you want to do is criticize me, that's it's. I don't feel obligated to make space for you to do that. I love your approach, and that's the approach I took. <laughs> I deleted and blocked. I deleted and blocked yeah. too. I was like, what? Is, Delete, I was like, block. You know, instead of, so you guys, instead of thinking, if this happens to you, instead of thinking something's wrong with you, right? Like, what if you're just like, gosh, wow, this person and me just aren't on the same page. Delete, block. <laughs> I mean, they're entitled to their opinion, but I don't feel obligated to listen to it. I really don't. Well, and I, and I know that's too. unpopular. <laughs> I don't know if it's unpopular as you think, because I don't think that's unpopular at all. And I guess mm. the other thing I would add to that, you know, you guys, is 
if you have a really if you have a really solid sense of self acceptance and worth, I think it it'll rock your boat less. I think that's true. And I for me, I I have a really I'm super strong and very brave and very fearless in in meaningful ways that my audience sees in me. What they probably don't see is that I have other layers that are very sensitive and feelings get hurt when somebody says something really hateful. Um, mm-hmm. So in some ways, my deleting and blocking is to protect those other layers of me that would want to shut down everything I do, which I know has helped people, like legit mm. help people be a truer, more loving, more soulful version of themselves in this reality. So the part of me that can easily get shaken and just be like, this is just too scary, that really hurt my feelings, you know, we're going off social media for a week. Because those layers of me would be so quick to shut everything down so she doesn't get hurt again. So I feel that as my soulful Jill, I feel responsibility to protect those softer, um, more vulnerable layers of me. That's that's my mm. job, just like I would with my children. If my kids Absolutely. have a teacher that's, you know, being unfair or, you know, being just ridiculous, I, I, I am definitely not the parent that's like, oh, well, you need to learn how to do that. Really? A 12-year-old against an adult? What kind of fair shake is that? You know, they're the student, they're the teacher. Oh, yeah, this is a fair fight. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that. that, that is, because, it's protection. Yeah. It's protection. I like that. We are, and we do need to protect ourselves. You know, as children, we we yeah. couldn't. So now it's yeah. like we're adults, and yeah, when somebody when somebody does something that is, um, you know, unkind, let's just say that, and um, sometimes worse, yeah, we do it. We do have that responsibility to protect ourselves. Definitely, I, agree. I think so. I I feel someone in the audience, and this is. I feel it feels good to address this. Some people would say mm-hmm. to that, but if you get a hater, if you get a negative comment, um, you attracted it. So it must be something for your benefit. It must be something for you because everything in this reality is a projection of you. And I disagree with all of that. There are a lot of thoughtless, unconscious things that are said and done in this reality that have nothing to do with you. So somebody that's low on magnesium one day that just goes on a rant on your Facebook wall, <laughs> right, that, has, that may have nothing to do with you. It's just they're, they're deprived of a fundamental mineral called magnesium, and it's making them really bitchy that day. <laughs> so I, just, I, I, I don't believe that I don't believe in the notion that everything in this reality is a projection of you. I believe that mm. I am am my own one and you are your own one and everyone listening here today or, or in archives is, is their one. And Jesus showed me that really clearly because I was saying, well, if everything is a projection, then when you saw someone suffering, were you suffering? And he smiled at me and he said, no, I wasn't suffering. And I said, so does that mean it's not true? That it's untrue that everything in this reality is a projection of you. And he said, yes, that is untrue. And I was like, okay, this is this just got really serious then because there's rampant misunderstandings and false teachings that are being perpetuated on a very loving, insightful, savvy group, and I don't like that. Mm, that just gave me, you know, when you said that, that gave me the chills that, you know, because I do think 
so many of us have been caught up in those spiritual teachings. And, you know, sometimes I do believe, like, let's say some, a hate, let's say a hater, because we're talking about haters. Um, <clears throat> let's say that happens to you. And, and it's not because you deserved it or that maybe it is for you to say, okay, you know what? Delete, right? <laughs> and maybe it is for you to stand up for yourself. And, and maybe not. Maybe it's just what it is. But either way, the action might be the same, right? You're going to delete that kind of crap because you don't deserve that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'm glad that you added that, Jill. Um, so where to go next? I want to ask, how do you help your clients, your people, to more fully live their passions and purpose? Oh, I love that question. Mainly I love it because I don't have like one immediate answer and I'm really sinking into a deep layer of mm-hmm. myself as I mm-hmm. contemplate it. Okay, yeah, that's it. It's it's by helping them notice and realize and embrace, claim the light of source creator that is eternal. And think about that for a minute. If you're eternally light, how is it possible that you stopped being that or that you're a dialed-down version of that when you got here? How? See, it doesn't make sense, and the brain wants things to make sense, and I want them to make sense too. So what I, what I feel most passionate about and what I offer my audience is the reminders that they are eternally light and there is amazing gifts of soulfulness not necessarily in talents and abilities, but in their natural state of being loving, caring, supportive, compassionate. All of us have different variations of, of soulfulness and, if you will, gifts of the Holy Spirit from my Christian background that are relevant, that you never had to re-earn or relearn while you're here. And our lives do get, I want to say, better, more joyful, more relaxed, um, more sustainable in our love and our light when we, when we remember those things, when we realize that we didn't stop being light, we didn't stop being soulful just because we were born and incarnated on earth. Mm. It's, it, it's, 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 <laughs> it's life-changing. It really is such a shift because most of self-help and personal development is I mean yeah there is the yeah you're amazing you're great but it tends to be focused more on the surf- on the superficial, on the human layers versus the soulful layers, and then there's also a lot of emphasis on okay now let's see what you need to work on let's fix those and then you can move on to the next step and I'm like no 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 let's let's maybe even bypass the fixing what what you don't like about yourself and let's focus on really amping up the light of source that you've always been that you will always be, that you never stopped being just because you're human. And then as we grow that light, what happens is we tend to not even, it, the, the, the imperfections don't even matter. And what I found more importantly for me is that those imperfections actually add to my light. I, I see mm-hmm. the purpose of what would be considered flaws. And my favorite example is impatience. I'm notoriously impatient. And that's been termed an unfavorable characteristic in enlightenment and consciousness, right? And Me too. Jesus was like, I'm super impatient. And I'm like, I'm like, were you really impatient? And he said, yes. Leaders and visionaries tend to be very impatient. They tend to also be very judgmental, by the way. 
because we're really <laughs> clear about what we want to see and we're clear about what we don't see or what's not there that we want. So there's judgment naturally, and that doesn't have to be a horrible, terrible thing. It actually helps make a leader and a visionary clearer about what they want to create to move forward. And their impatience is the motivation to move because no one else is doing it for you. I'm just, I'm cracking up over here because you hit the two that I often struggle with too, or <laughs> that judgment and impatience, and people are like, God, like, why do you have to be, la, la, la. And I think this is this is good because it's, it, when people think of enlightenment, they don't usually think of, well, judgment and impatience as part of enlightenment. I know. Or, you, I know. Or, you know, I'm not an enlightened person because I'm impatient. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's so ironic, right? That literally, can you imagine how many people are on the call today saying, yeah, if I could just get rid of this judgment, then I'd be really this amazing force of light because I know I've got, I've got amazing skills and abilities in this area and this area and this area. So if I could get rid of the judgment, then I'll be ready to go. And the higher self is saying, no, your judgment is how keeping you clear about what you are and what you're not, what you, what you are for and what you're against in this reality. But that that's helpful here because the spectrum of possibilities in this reality is wider than we're used to. We don't run into haters and trolls in the all in the all that is level. That level of unconsciousness, compressed light, is is <laughs> safe, if you will, for realities like Earth, where we're allowed to forget that we're source. When we forget that we're source, we are really not nice people. <laughs> we're not nice things. Absolutely. And <laughs> I'm just thinking back to something else you said, you know, growing up, like there's nothing we have to, we don't have to learn or earn, right, to, to be our light. And we, I think so many of us, again, I'm going to touch back to the trauma piece, we were shut down, maybe we were abused, whatever it was growing up, criticized, and we turned down that light. So we had it right away. But we turned it down, and now we can just as easily turn it back up again, right? Because it's, yeah. it's here. It's yeah. like it never went away. We just tried to hide it. That's right. And protect it. I would add the protecting part. Mm, yeah. We so we might have been making ourselves it. wrong that, you know, when we did hide it, we, we needed to hide it. Yeah. We felt like it needed protection. But the good news is your light doesn't need protection. Your light is truly indestructible. So the going back to the, the trauma or, you know, um, other events in our lives that we're trying to move, move beyond and move around, another bit of good news is you don't have to go back to that to move forward. And a lot of folks are, it's kind of like a, like a well-worn path in the forest. They keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth because they're trying to fix it mm-hmm. so that they can move forward. But part of the grace that I believe is available to us is that you don't have to fix anything. You don't have to redo any of that. You can actually even carry your wounds forward with you and just trust that they will add to your light. What we are most afraid of other people seeing is actually our most lovable qualities. Mm. And that, that to me is a huge theme that I feel for 2018 and beyond, especially for practitioners is authenticity, because I know when I talk with fellow practitioners that are that are in this industry, um, 
God, am I, am I revealing too much here? When we're talking just in general about, you know, who we like to interview or whatever, I don't do interviews, but you know what I mean? If we're talking about other people that we like to work with or I did a, you know, presentation with them or whatever, there, the, the topic of authenticity comes up surprisingly often about how it feels like the, the talk is there, but the walk isn't there. And and when you're with somebody, you can really see whether that they're whether they're literally walking their talk, and that vulnerability mm-hmm. and that openness and that ability to be, um, it's like open to yourself, so that you can be, if you will, revealing in a that you don't have anything that you're hiding from yourself anymore, or if you if you are that you'll you'll face it when you need to, whatever. But that authenticity is such a big part of, I feel, what people are looking for, either in where they're seeking help or those that are seeking help from you. Do you, do you agree with yeah. that, Tanya? Are you feeling that, uh, that trend oh, as well? Absolutely. I think people are so tired of bullshit. Yes. Like, people are starting to see the bullshit. The, um, they're starting to see... You know, whether it's personally, but definitely, I think, professionally, so many coaches, leaders, healers have been trying to hide their flaws and trying to be what everybody, you know, what do they want to call it, their game face? I don't know, put on their mask, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And then people start to work with them and they start to feel this, something's not in alignment, right? Because right. so, so many of us are sensitive and we're like, what's going on here? So I think clearing the bullshit um, and just being who you really are, that authenticity piece, and remembering that not everyone's here to like you. Not a, you're, not here yeah. to, you're not here to, to work <laughs> with everybody. So who gives a shit if so-and-so yeah. doesn't like you, right? Like, okay. bye, move, move on. Come on, room for the next one. Who is, who is in my community? Who is my peep, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> and I found it to be such a... I'm I much I used to be a people pleaser like major and now Me I too. find that I it's it's a weird addiction to overcome isn't it um but I I've I feel so much more focused on do I like me and I know there's parts of me that I don't like so and it isn't and I I I love this distinguishing that our teams are offering us to to focus on here is that it isn't about and this was the game. This was the before. The game was: I don't have anything to hide because I've already fixed everything. So I'm at a level of enlightenment that I can help you get to too, right? Well, that is an earth, okay? <laughs> because there will there will always be less likable layers to who and what we are, and that doesn't have to be a problem. And it's certainly not in the way of your light. Your light is eternal and indestructible, after all. It doesn't need. It doesn't. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. So. To me, the strategy that's worked really well for me is me getting really comfortable with me not liking me in certain instances and not needing to hide it. So a perfect example was I was on a trip with clients to France, and then we went to Rome, and we had a guide and a bus and all these awesome things in France, but the Rome part, we were there two days, we were more self-guided. We knew where we were supposed to go, but... It's, you know, anyway, we got in the airport, I think is where I first started to feel the Jill stress of, wait, I don't know where our bus is, hang on. And, you know, everybody's so excited and a new person had just joined us, so it was a little bit chaotic and they were, they were all having fun and I was super stressed. 
And I was, they were like, where are we going? And I'm like, okay, everybody just freeze just for a minute. And I said, I don't like this version of myself, but I'm stressed that we can't find our bus and that he's waiting for us. So they, they saw me own my stress and everybody like helped get serious about, okay, let's find the bus. So does that make sense? It's just a silly example, but I have to recognize, okay, I'm feeling a feeling of me, a less likable version of Jill. I'm going to own it. I'm going to state it out loud um, so that everyone knows it's there, and then I can let it, <laughs> I can let it give her a hug and give myself a, a lovey so that we can move forward. But those layers don't have to go away. That didn't ruin our day. I wasn't trying to stuff it down. I was just saying, hey, I'm stressed right now. Um, we need to do this, right? And then it was fine. Well, I love that example. 10 minutes, and we move <laughs> forward. So, so my biggest strategy is when do I not like myself? What am I doing when I don't like myself? Am I owning it? Do I say it out loud even to myself so that I can not like let it spill over into other things where it doesn't need to be? Well, and I think it does. And I love that example because I think so many of us can get caught up in, again, I don't like this part of myself. I have to change it before I can do X, Y, and Z. When the truth is you just need to accept that part of you like you did. You accepted it and you gave it love. Now, just because yeah. we accept something doesn't mean we like it. Like, yeah, I definitely have parts of myself that, you know, sometimes I wish she she wasn't there, but <laughs> she is, and yeah. I need to accept and love her, and doesn't mean I have to like it, but it helps right. us to move forward much more easily to do the yeah. things that we're being called to do when I have that acceptance for those parts of myself and you know, stop that rejection or beating her up or hiding her, right? Yes. <laughs> so I think that just ties back to that authenticity. Yes. And if you have clients that are like, oh, well, I'll never, uh, I don't want to work with that person again, they get stressed out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I would mm-hmm. say they're probably not a good match for me anyway because they're looking for perfection, and I, I wish them all the best. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they'll find it with, you know, or, or not. <laughs> whatever, whatever their version is. Um, right. You know, gosh, I have so many more questions I want to ask you. Um, okay, here's a big one that a lot of people are, like, pounding down the door or pounding the pavement. Like, what is my purpose? How do I find my purpose? Can you speak to that? Yeah. Oh, it's such a big one. It's It's the number one question I get from clients in sessions. What is my purpose? And our brain wants it to be hard, wants it to be a challenge, and wants it to be specific. And we're probably disappointed on all three of them. Because our purpose, literally when our purpose, I mean, you guys, this actually happens. It is so much like this, that all of us as a soul knew about humanity, know about humanity, know about earth, know its, if you will, pluses and minuses, loved this reality enough to say, I will create a human. I'm going to pick some parents, and guess what? They're going to be a little flawed. I'm going to be a little flawed. But I'm going to make the best choices I can to be a loving, a version of a version of source creator God, light and love in a human form. I'm going to go there to be that. For most of us, especially on a call like this, that is 100% our purpose. So our brain says, no, that can't be it, (laughs) because Mm. our brain has nothing to do with that. So our brain wants something that it was a part of, right? 
So the brain would rather we say, yeah, it's your job. You need to incarnate at this timeline. You need to gather these 26 people, and you need to go with them across (laughs) this desert and find this water to save that community. Get on it. Good luck. Right? Our brains would love it. Okay, which desert? Which 26 people? It would just, our brains would be on high. It gives us something to do. Joy, like a job, a serious, this is a serious, important job that I've got to fulfill here, right? Our brains would Mm. love it. But it's not true. It doesn't have to be true. And our souls, our soulfulness is so much bigger and more open-ended than that. So once I offer the client the bigger purpose version, the, the truer version of purpose of why they're really here, then I help their brain adjust to what that means and that their brain isn't being fired, their brain isn't going to be left out, their brain actually gets to be a part of the creative process of, oh, so I'm a loving, compassionate person. Maybe for someone like me, I'm, I can be pretty blunt about things. How can I use, how can I use that as, a, as an offering to people that, that want to be spoken to very clearly and maybe saying some uncomfortable things, right? The brain can then be put into purpose with creating an outlet for the love and the light that you are in this reality. There's I love that. 10 million love ways that. to do that, right? There so is. Then it, isn't, there is. then it isn't about the what. The challenge isn't the what you're going to do. It's about how you're going to do it. Because the what, oh, I'm getting goosebumps again. The what can be, I want to love people and show them that they're loved. I want to be of service to love in this reality, right? How do I want to do mm. that? There's endless ways that people can do that. And this breaks my heart. When I talked to somebody that was like a very successful nurse, and they loved nursing. And then they got involved in enlightenment. And they're like, I had to quit my job because I'm obviously my purpose isn't to be a nurse. Oh, my. And I just want to cry right here because I'm like, but if your purpose was to share love and light to people who need it, and you were in a hospital 40 hours a week, and somebody led you to believe that that wasn't on purpose. Wow. And you're making probably really good money, too, right? And benefits, right? So this going off in a cave and leaving stable income and thinking that all the education that we acquired and things that we've done in our path must have been off purpose. What if we've never been off purpose? What if it's impossible to be off purpose? I love that. I I firmly believe that. You know, I really really do. the love and light piece and how oh, it doesn't have to be a, a job that you get paid for. You actually, it's like you actually are doing that with everyone in your life, right? We're all doing that with everyone in our life. Some of us, yes, we do it as a job. Yes. Part of my, part of my why I'm here is to help people. I get paid to help people to more fully love themselves so they can heal their illness, et cetera. And you get paid to offer mm-hmm. <laughs> guidance, love, and light, but it looks different for all of us. You don't have to yeah. get – it may be something you get paid to do. It may be something apparent. It may not be. Yeah. I, I love the idea that we all get paid to do what we love. But I'm also very much a realist, and I love to be practical. That's I – don't, I don't – I'm pretty sure the guys who collect my trash every week – aren't loving what they do, but I'm really happy they do what they do. Mm. So 
I don't feel like it's some personal failure or it's unenlightened to pay your bills and draw an income from something that maybe you don't love, but maybe you at least don't hate it. Maybe we accept the blessings and the compromises of part of the mundane nature of being on earth. I personally would feel no shame if there for any reason my my business wasn't working well or if my husband, because his cash flow is way bigger than mine still, um, if for any reason I needed to go back to business and use my, my master's degree in business, I would have no shame in that. And I guarantee you my team wouldn't be like, oh, man, she really screwed up here. <laughs> so disappointed in like, <laughs> They would be like, yay, she's going to offer her life back in business again. Oh, this could be fun. She was really good at that. <laughs> right? I thought the same thing. Hey, if for some reason my, you know, my current healing coaching business doesn't work, I can go back to the hospital and be an occupational therapist. Because I definitely was giving a lot of love and light there too, so yeah. <laughs> so we yeah. can't we can't fuck it up is what you're saying, Jill. <laughs> right, we can't. But our brains are like, oh, you're one you're one step away from doom, doom, sure doom. <laughs> hmm. Oh wow, fascinating, right? Yeah. This is such a strange yeah. place, and I do feel like some of us that are a little bit like thrill seekers. When we tell our fellow souls I'm going to Earth, they're like, oh, aren't you a brave one? <laughs> right? When we're, also, you mean at the, at the, when we're at the bus stop before we come down? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get here and we're like, oh, I guess I'm in school. I guess I'm supposed to learn all this stuff. I think I, like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> right? This is such hmm. a strange reality. Yeah. So why do we forget? Like, when we get down here... Why, why do we forget? Like what? What's... I I've been I've been shown, if you will, not shown like literally with my eyes, but I've it's been I believe because because of what I know, quote unquote, as as my soulfulness and what I've remembered as Jill, that Earth is a very unique place that was created for forgetting that we're Source Creator God. The entire system here was designed for forgetting that you're God. And that sounds like, like who would think of such a ridiculous thing? It's actually a pretty cool idea if you think about it. Because Source Creator God is infinite. It is not finite. It has no boundaries. So to be infinite, you have to put yourself in situations where you have no idea what's going to happen. Earth is a guaranteed situation that you will, it will not go as planned. <laughs> That's what Earth is for. So Earth does a marvelous service in keeping Source Creator God infinite. Wow. So it's I, that is a good explanation. Um, my mind is still trying to wrap around that. So it's a big one. It's almost like I'm glad you have the archives. It's a big one. <laughs> it's such a big one. And I see, I have a strong brain too. So yes, there are times when I say to my brain, great question, we're not going to get an answer. But I've asked a lot of these fun questions too. And I love it when I get an answer. When I'm shown, mm. if you will, by myself, my higher self offered an answer, and I'm like, oh, my God, that actually makes sense. And this makes more sense to me than a lot of the other cosmology um, that's offered to us in enlightenment and spirituality and even by science. So it's like when I get an answer that actually makes, makes sense of what's going on here, then I actually trust it more. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go back. I'm, I'm going to come back and listen to this because, yeah, my, my mind is like, what? 
And so um, it's like those of us who chose to, who chose Earth, right? And at this time, it's like, wow, we really chose the the big the big thing, right? To yeah. to come back and just completely forget. And we came here with an alternative purpose. So we came into a reality. This is the fascinating part to me, because talk about rebels, talk about courageous. And then here we act like we're little insecure beings. No, at the soul level, we're we're totally like the stormtroopers. We're amazing. Not stormtroopers, not from Star Wars. Paratroopers, the really brave guys. (laughs) We came into a reality that was built for forgetting that we're God, and we came here to remember that we're source. How rebellious is that? That just gave me the chills. To come into reality that has forgotten its source, therefore it has been, it's withholding itself from the love that it is. And we come in here to be basically human angels, to be representations of source creator love. I, I, that is so real to me and so true to me. So there's a part of me that gets impatient and judgmental and even really pissed off that a group like this is being steered into these systems of, okay, you're not there yet, honey. You're not ready. Um, yeah, you're a human angel in potential, but see how you've got these human flaws? So you might get there. We'll see. We'll see how far you get. That just drives me nuts. Jill, can I, I just saw a question come in that has to do with this. Can I ask it? Can I insert it right now? Yeah, let's hear it. Um, Leela says, hi, I had a a practitioner who recently told me I needed to wait and allow my skills and abilities to be fully downloaded and integrated before acting, attempting to give people readings. And yet I've got such excellent feedback so far. Any advice that's specific to me? about this yeah i would never go back to that practitioner i'm not kidding you because their (laughs) worldview is not a match for you being the light that you have always been and that you are here to be Do do you see that so that doesn't mean they're a bad person that doesn't mean that they don't do great work Um, it doesn't mean that there wasn't other value maybe from that session that their worldview is going, is going to keep you in the state of, well, you might be there soon, let's see. And I wouldn't be surprised, and this is a skeptical version of Jill, I wouldn't be surprised if that same practitioner has really expensive classes that they're willing to sell you that will help get you ready. Mm. Yeah, they're playing the game, and I are experiencing this. It's the game of, I need to make money, right? And so I'm going to tell you that you're less than and that you need these things so that you can then go out and shine your light, right? And I don't think they're intentionally scam artists. I really don't. I think they're actually well-meaning. And my team has shown me this before, that there are a lot of – because I – routinely, it happens very often where I I have a a day of of clients, et cetera, and I'm like, how is it possible that all these beautiful beings of bringers of light, that some of them have been on their path for so long, have never been shown how much of their light they already are and that they've always been? How is that possible? I may have been the 20th reading that they've had in two years. Some people get a lot of readings, right? How is this Mm. possible that this is the first time they're being told this? And I get mad about it, right? Because we should know this right away. And 
it's so clear because my team is like, well, let's, let's back it up because a lot of people that have these gifts and abilities, they're not sure why other people aren't functioning as well as they are. They, they really aren't as clear about, it's almost like there's a lot of practitioners that are under the impression of, well, I'm super gifted and talented and I know that I can connect with my team, but it's apparent that they're not connecting with their team, so they're not doing it like I am. They probably need to get to where I am in order to be their best self. But that's not true. Hmm. We don't so have to do have you that know? with our team. I know. How, how, do, how you know? do you know? Right. How, yeah. how do you know? Thank it's you. Like, how yeah, do you know you're how ready? How do you know? Well, if you're ready or how do you know? Right? Maybe you do need some more, I don't know, yeah. skills or training. Like yeah. sometimes we do. Okay. Perfect. I to- oh, I love that you said that. Yes, it's true. So one way to know is by testing yourself out. So for me, I'm super cheap. I really don't like to spend money on certain things. <laughs> So I didn't want to get any certifications. I thought about it for a while, and then, and then I didn't. Um, but I was like, well, how can, I, how can I create a system where I know that I'm being responsible, that I'm actually gifted and talented in this area, and that it's, it's something maybe I want to leave business for and, and make a living out of? So my solution was I'm going to do practice readings. So in my mm-hmm. spare time as a hobby, I did practice readings for almost anyone that would, that would let me do it. So that, to me, was my training, right? Am I, do I have a certification on my wall? Not one. Not literally one. I don't have one. So I love that about there are, you, Jill. <laughs> I've saved a lot of money. <laughs> um, so this, this option of going rogue, right, and telling a fellow professional, this practitioner that, that Leda, was, Leda was speaking to, of okay, they maybe have a different worldview, they maybe have a different perception of, of themselves and of me, but I can't deny the, the feed, she was mentioning the feedback she'd been getting. I would yes. trust that more than the practitioner. So the real issue really here for Layla is when are you going to trust yourself because she's handing the permission slip of am I ready over to the practitioner. You were seeing the same thing, Tanya, weren't you? Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. trust yourself. Like, it sounds like yeah. you already know yep. the answer. Like, like yes. yeah. That, yeah. I think that for a lot of us, you know, that's going to be a big thing this year as well and has been. But that, that self-trust, right, that really yeah. stop looking externally for what you should do next and go inward right. and ask yourself because you have so much wisdom. We all have so much wisdom. That's right. And so I was saying to my team, well, I can't just, I can't just call myself an intuitive. I can't just call myself a, a professional. And they're like, why not? You've done how many months of readings and you've honed your skill even more in this process? Why can't you call yourself a professional? And I said, well, I, I, I actually do talk to my team. <laughs> I was like, well, I have to have some sort of certificate or something on the wall that says I'm legit. And they laughed and said, yeah, you could, because I was, I was thinking about going back to get my master's in counseling or a therapist or something. And my team was like, you already did six, actually seven years of school to get your MBA. You want to go back to school for this? And I was like, well, I'm thinking I should. And they said, Jill, you don't have to. You could just own and claim the gifts that you've already been showing yourself that you have, that your clients have been giving you feedback on, you could just decide to trust that. 
Yeah, not all and of us I, need the piece of paper, but if you but if you have to have it because it makes right. you feel better, then you can go pay money for it. <laughs> That's right, and time, right, and the time for it. So I, and then they added this really nice kind of cherry on top. They said, if somebody needs a certificate behind you on your wall to prove that you're legitimate, they probably can't hear you anyway. Hmm. And I've had, I mean, my clients at this point are. I have mainstream clients. I have clients that are very much in our more esoteric um, metaphysical sorts of communities. I've never had anyone say, well, what's your training? I haven't Ever. either. <laughs> even, even the CEOs that are like very mainstream CEOs. Catholic, I've had two Catholic priests that have, been, that have seen me. I'm not seeing me. Mm-hmm. We don't do mm-hmm. sessions in person. But I've, I have a really beautiful, like, I'm very, I feel very blessed with the variety of my clients. And nobody has ever said, what's your credentials? <laughs> so, Yeah, I don't think if, I've ever had that either. <laughs> there, there we go. So we're all worried about it because we don't want to be irresponsible. I love that we're so concerned about, like, breaking something or hurting somebody. And we're, like, the least ones to be worried about. And all these other folks are just out there willy-nilly breaking stuff all over the place, not even concerned. That's just so well, and Well, and I can it, – it is. And, and yet I can – it's funny because there's a little – um, a little voice that just said, "Yeah, but there are so many, pe- there are so many people out there that are bullshit." Um, I but, know. So, so right. So, but those of us who yes. are afraid of being bullshit, I'm pretty sure right. we're not bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of maybe is, is it kind of like the narcissist thing? If you say, if you're questioning, if you're a narcissist, then you're definitely not a narcissist. So if you're questioning whether you're going to be seen as a bullshitter, you're definitely not a bullshitter. <laughs> maybe that's true. I don't. <laughs> If you think but, you have to go back for uh, the 10th certification, this is probably a sign to you that you're not a bullshitter and you already know enough if you hear this today. You're legit, yeah. And, you, again, your brain will never say we're ready. So eventually you're going to have to override the brain and say, okay, enough already. I know you don't think we're ready, but but we're going to say we're ready. And when I didn't know if I was ready, still before, I mean, still before client sessions sometimes, I'm like, I hope we get something today. I've never been disappointed. And once I get started, it just just spills right in. And I've always said to myself, to my brain, if I ever had like had a horrible session, I would just give their money back. If I knew that I like had a horrible, like I just broke it that day and ruined it, I would just say, you know what? I don't feel good about what I did. I'm so sorry. I'm going to give you your money back. I don't think I've ever had to do that. But I will yeah, give you money to. back, or I'll or I'll give you another session, whichever you prefer, right? I mean, if yeah. you if you if you give yourself that kind of permission, you guys, right. I think why not go out and just do your thing? Yes, and that's why that list that um, that beautiful item that that you talked about, Tanya, about what's your dream, and then right next to it, what are you most afraid of? List that out and create counter strategies to okay, if that did happen, then I would respond this way, and you'll bang through those really quickly. And pretty soon you'll be doing, you'll be living that dream. Yeah, you'll be like, oh, why was I, why was I ever not living it? So, um, <laughs> so I go. don't know if we already touched on this, but something that, um, something that you've mentioned before, the the big secret to enlightenment. Mm. The big the secret biggest, about enlightenment. Yeah, the biggest secret to enlightenment. I feel like I touched on it, but let me, let me, maybe I can say it even clearer this time. The biggest secret to enlightenment is that you are eternally light 
including here. And there will be a lot of different ways that that being your light will be confusing and will be misunderstood by you, by your brain. So being, uh, I want to say, more open about the fact that, but I've always been light. It's like saying that to yourself. So, yes, I have these maybe flaws and rough edges. Maybe I don't like this part about myself that much, but I'm eternally light, including here. And I want to love that. I want to amplify that. So the biggest secret to enlightenment is actually you you already are. Yeah, because enlightenment literally means light within. You are, you've always been light within. You've never not been light within, but everything about this reality is pretty much geared to keeping us from knowing and experiencing the light within. And just a funny little uh, data point on that to prove that. All of the five human senses point outwards. Hmm. Every single one of them. We designed it that way in order to have an experience where we could forget that we're source. Who'd want to, who'd want to forget that we're source? Everyone here. It's challenging. It's risky. It's kind of crazy. And it doesn't take a lot. I'm getting really esoteric at this point, but is that okay, Tanya? Yeah, absolutely. It, it doesn't take that much energy at a soul level to create it and, and live out a human it's not a big distraction. So you can create a human to forget that it's God and go about your merry way as your higher self, right? And then, and then that soul, that, that energy comes back, right? Comes back into the fold or it goes through a spin cycle here a couple of times. That's okay too. But it's like <laughs> all of the experiences here help source be infinite, because we don't know what we will be when we're forgetting that we're God. And we can read the headlines every day about the horrors and the miracles that happen every day in this reality. Yeah, we definitely have a bunch of people who we can see this, right, who have forgotten that they're God. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're not acting like it. Right. They're Um, completely compressed. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Wow. Hmm, Jill, Jill, Jill. Okay, we have a question that is in, it's connected to this enlightenment piece. It says, um, it's from Barbara, and she says, in this present moment, I would describe ascension as not being a physical thing, but expanding our consciousness. Can you be an enlightened being and still struggle with your third eye not being open to receiving messages? Yes. Yes, you definitely can. I'm so glad. Barbara, thank you so much for asking that question. So this goes along with the idea about um, connecting with your team, as I call it. So hearing your guides, et cetera. It is not required. It is not required for anyone to, to have dialogue with your higher consciousness, with your team, et cetera, with source. It's, that is not a requirement to be ascended, to be enlightened. And I agree with her definition of ascension, by the way. Um, to me, ascension isn't a, isn't a departing from the body like an Old Testament kind of version from the Holy Bible. But the ascension is the rising up of the light of source that we are within us beyond the time-space continuum, right? It's the lifting up of the light from within into the human awareness. And that can be as simple as 
holy crap, I've been the light of source all along, and I didn't know it. That's hilarious. So even when I'm being a complete asshole, I am the light of source. (laughs) I didn't act like it in that moment, but I still am, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. There's some times that I'm like, man, really? I'm the light of source? I can't believe I just did that. (laughs) Yeah. So this, this, I call it a preoccupation with this, I have to be connected with my team. And that's actually why a lot of people are waiting <clears throat> to move forward in, in whatever their dreams are, is that, well, I must not be there yet, quote unquote, because I can't talk with my team. And then they have examples like me of people that can dialogue with our team. And then it makes, it amplifies that sense of void, right? Mm-hmm. I have so many clients that are, amazing practitioners, amazing at whatever they're doing, and they don't have dialogue with their team. And I love it that I helped free them from the notion that they had to have that to move forward. Or that it looks the way that you do it, right? We can, we, maybe we are, but it's, it doesn't maybe look, right. quote, unquote, look the way that it, it does for you, right? Like, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because we're all, we all wired ourselves in really cool ways. And this happens in private sessions a lot. When I say to somebody, um, you know, I start off, I don't have any questions when I first, you know this from your reading, I start off with what your team wants to tell you. And I love to share your natural gifts and abilities, not in terms of talents like third eye open and that kind of thing, but you're naturally loving, you're naturally compassionate, you're naturally bold and honest. Some people have, and by the way, that isn't true for, not everybody's bold and honest. So there are unique flavors of that that come up. And it's, it's cool because the client will say, yeah, some clients will say, yeah, but I've always been that way. That's their brain saying, I can't take credit for that. That was here. I showed up that way. Give me something that's that I That's part of your gift, right? That's part yeah. of your gift. Right. It's part of your, so, that's part of your purpose is right. to do that, to be that. That's right. So the brain, this is the fascinating part to me, though, because I'm just so, so fascinated by the human brain and how it trips us up. So the human brain is saying, yeah, 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 that's fine. I've always been that way, Jill. But what I really want to know is, what what I need to do. So the brain wants a job, and the brain tends to only value what it helped you acquire. So the brain pretty much will disregard the natural amazingness that you showed up with. The miracle that you organically are in this reality, your brain will just be like, yeah, 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 whatever. Dude, this is so great. I was just talking to my sweetie the other day about this um, because he was like, yeah, but doesn't everybody – you know, think like problem solve the way I do. Mm. And I was like, no, sweetie. I'm like, like his brain was telling him like, yeah, this is stupid because everyone, everybody can do this. And I'm like, no, not everybody can do no. the, the thing, this thing that you're doing. Cause he was like, we're talking about today, getting frustrated about what his purpose is. And I'm like, you're really good at problem solving these types of things. Yeah. But everybody knows how to do that. I'm like, no, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so his, his brain so wanted to discount one of his gifts. It's crazy yes. how it does that. Yes. It's a, I love your example. That's so, yes, because we think, well, everybody's that way, right? Everybody has mm-hmm. these, everybody's compassionate. No, not really. I can give you a lot of examples. <laughs> <laughs> you turn on the news. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Watch the news for that one. Um, Jill, I know that we are, I know, our time is, you know, shifting. But would you take another question? Can I give you one more? Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. 
Um, Cheryl has written in, and she says, um, surrounding you and your family in massive light as you navigate your journey this year, um, how do we know if our world is just in recognizable turmoil, causing exhaustion slash emotional unease, or if we are experiencing, one, energy updates to integrate, or two, unwelcomed implants or other, quote-unquote, energies grabbing on? Hmm. I could read it again if you'd like. I know it's a long one. Oh, let me feel into it. And also, thank you, because that beautiful blessing that she offered to my family and me, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's so, it's not one thing. So this is, I think, an example I'm, I'm seeing an, as an example of that kind of that trick question. The brain, and I love our brains, by the way, is wanting to delineate about is it A, B, or C, right? And it's such a myriad and such a moving target that even there isn't one answer. So, and again, I'd I'd also kind of go back to, I don't know if you need that answer to even move forward, right? Hmm. So in, I mean, any of us that are in any way public with our work, we, I do believe that we do get, I want to say psychically, psychically slimed or psychically attacked, things like that. I don't focus a lot of energy on it, but my strategy for it, I have amazing energy healers. So there's, there's one and now two that I get sessions from about every two weeks. I mm. just look at it like if you're going to go in the desert in your car, you're going to get dirty. So go get it cleaned every two weeks, right? That's how I yeah. look at it. So I'm not overanalyzing, am I implanted? You know, who did what, right? I'm not even asking questions. I'm just like, just clean it up, right? So what is this? I, how long has it been there? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. What do I need to learn from this, right? Just, just, if I have those questions coming up, I normally am just like, shh, I'm shushing my brain <laughs> because it's going <laughs> off into another area that's not even helpful or productive. So it's a great question, though, because it's like if there's unsteadiness in my life, what is going on? And my advice to Barbara is if you feel like you need like an energy clearing or an energy activation or something, I mean, we don't need to be addictive about it, but I think routine maintenance, given that we are a very different version of human, is like wise, like getting your teeth cleaned every six months if you if you have the insurance or can afford to do that. To me, it's just like it's it's a good thing to do for yourself. And if it's you can't maintenance. afford it... Yeah, it's maintenance. So if if you can't afford it, then find a creative way of maybe bartering. Maybe there's an energy healer in training, right? Somebody like the first six months or nine months of readings that I did. Is there anybody that wants to try out their energy healing skills, right? And if you feel messed up by that, then they'll go find another one. But anyway. Um, so or, that, maybe, or maybe community what, acupuncture. <laughs> maybe that'll there be we go. <laughs> yes, yes. But something to help you know that yes there are things that can happen to us in this reality energetically and that that's unpleasant and that there are steps we can take to remedy that i like to be proactive versus reactive as much as possible so that's my strategy for that this world Mm. to me is not going to hell in a handbasket but this world is also and this may be disappointing for some people to hear this is blunt jill i don't my team is like, slow down when you say this, Jill. Okay. Um, I don't foresee versions of Earth 
in my timeline or even my daughter's timelines or even if I have grandchildren, their timelines, where Earth is all of a sudden like it was in Lemuria because the vibrational Mm. structure that we're operating in and our version of Earth is, is set and set for very good reasons. Yeah. So I'm not waiting for humanity to get it. I'm not waiting for all my loved ones that are, that are if you will, less conscious. I'm not waiting, waiting for them to wake up. I, I have realized that, to me, it's more on purpose, more realistic, and even more pleasant and joy-filled, that as I embrace my light, I am more loving towards them. I have a really clear boundary of behavior that I'm okay with and not okay with, and I would leave somebody's house if they were being disrespectful to me or any of my family. I'd say, sorry, we've got to go. Um, but I would have stay there and try to love them more? <laughs> no. Thank you, Tanya. No. I, I love that. But some people do, right? But I'm supposed to be in the He needs me, you know. Um, but I have found within myself a version of loving my parents, my siblings, everybody in a way that I never had before. And they didn't change a hoot, right? They didn't have to. So they're not perfect. Some of them still drive me crazy, right? But my mm. my version of compassion and grace and really, I mean, can I just give a really tangible example? Yeah. It's revealing a lot, but I have revealed it before. My mom and I have friction. We just naturally have friction. She's a major helper, and I'm a major helper, and her version of helping drives me crazy. So all throughout my life, there was just this, like, oh, I can't she just leave it alone? Why does she need to fix this and fix that and fix that person and help that person? Why can't she just, like, relax and just sit and chill, right? Now I can see the bigger picture, that she's like us. She loves to help people. That is the biggest high of her day is who did I help. So when mm-hmm. I used to come home from high school and she'd be, she was in a customer service job and then HR. How perfect is that, right? <laughs> and she had five stories about some guy named Bill that, you know, his insurance didn't work and, and I helped him and I had to call this person. And she's telling me all of these details I care nothing about. And she's beaming at how she helps somebody. That is so wonderful. I love that story. (laughs) And I hated that before. It drove me nuts. And now I'm like, she's so awesome. What a beautiful person that is that I get to call my mom. Oh, Jill. So here's the, you just, that was so, uh, such a great example of just because it doesn't look the way that we think it should look or the way it looks for us, right? it doesn't, it's like letting go of maybe judging that. Like, that's the kind of judgment yeah. we can let go of. Right. <laughs> yeah. is, is, you know, trying to make it other people um, need to do it our way or it needs to look the way that we think it needs to look or what's true or for us. Or even if it just annoys and, you, even if it's just for whatever reason for you and yep. you're a little closer to the situation, if it just sends you up the walls, their inten- maybe their <laughs> intentions are awesome, right? And you can focus yeah. on that. <laughs> Focus on the positive. Focus on the positive. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is funny because you had another question here that is interesting. When I just said focus on the positive, <laughs> you said <laughs> being positive is overrated. 
So I don't think we're yeah. talking about that, but but if there's anything you want to add on being positive yeah. is overrated before we wrap up, I think that would be a good one because I think okay, that's, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> it goes it goes really nicely with what we were talking about earlier about trying to not be judgmental, right? To me, yeah. being when I really deconstructed it energetically, being always positive meant being unrealistic about this reality, right? Mm. So I wanted to have a system that to me felt more honest about the fact that there are people here that do not have positive intentions for me or for you or for our loved ones. And to always be positive to me feels even unsafe, um, irresponsible, I would say. To me, it feels dishonest to always try to be positive about everything. There are things in this reality that, that are not nice, that do not wish well, that are very unloving, um, and even hate-filled. So I don't, I don't feel less, I don't feel unenlightened seeing that. I feel enlightened and empowered being honest about that. Hmm. So, to, it, and some will say, well, that's being negative. Call it what you want, right? Um, if it saves me what if from it's making... being realistic. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly right. So one person's, oh, he's so negative, is, is a really great skeptic. And I can't remember which class I taught that this came up in. But a, a great skeptic is a wonderful ally for somebody that tends to be very optimistic. I tend to be very optimistic. My husband tends, is a, he's a natural skeptic. And we are such a great balance because I love to just kind of throw out ideas and he'll, he'll come at it in a quote-unquote negative way, but he'll point out things that I don't see. Mm. So it's, you know, it's that, it is, I guess, the yin-yang really, but this opportunity for us to not, it's almost like just, all these little things, big things about enlightenment and consciousness and we have to be positive and we can't be judgmental. If that's working for you, I'm, I will be the first one to say, yay, go do that then. But at some point, I see for a lot of people, it stops working. We start to get way upper chakra oriented. We completely devalue our lower chakras. We're out of balance. We're spiritual addicts in a lot of ways. You know, we won't see a movie unless it's enlightening our consciousness. It's just, we get really judgmental about being unjudgmental. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like, <laughs> it's, it's like, judgmental. I'm like, but, but that's a judgment. Saying somebody's judgmental <laughs> is a judgment. The brain is judging itself for being judgmental. It's it's like, what? I don't get it. So And then somebody's saying, well, that's negative. Well, that's not positive to say that that's negative. <laughs> I think it's good oh to laugh gosh. at ourselves. I laugh at it myself is. more than I laugh at anybody else, I promise you. I am great comic relief for myself. <laughs> we, are, we are pretty funny. Us, us, us human beings are pretty funny. <laughs> I laugh at myself a lot, too. Right, we are. So, we are amazing. We are. We're cute. We're and cute, like in a like. A, oh gosh, look at that! Isn't that cute? Like, <laughs> but we're also extremely sophisticated. I mean, if oh my gosh, the wiring and the tech 
involved in humanity is it's mind blowing to use a funny pun. Yeah. It would blow our minds. Mm. It really would. So this is we are walking around with this really sophisticated equipment. We don't understand it well and we don't have to. That's the good thing. It's kinda of like driving my car. I don't have to know how my car works. I just need to know how to drive it. And for me, I have found, if you will, created a lot of ways of working with my human and with other humans that is a huge upgrade from a lot of the things that people are trying to force fit. Mm. Ooh, so much good stuff today. I'm just like, wow, my mind is like, um, <laughs> so um, I want to talk about your special offer. And then I would like to end if your team has anything um, special to share and maybe with one more question. How does that sound, Jill? Yeah, that sounds good. So you, um, you have you have a special offer for us called Unveiling Your Light with the Palladian Council. Can you just tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so that was a cla- that's a class in archive now. It's just a few months old, if I remember correctly. And the Palladian Council isn't a form of the council that I tend to work with that often, although they're they're a part of my team. Um, I and what came through was just so deep. So it is a, it's a great one for those that are just wanting like that next level, right? Now, mm-hmm. I don't want to contradict mm-hmm. myself because I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like you have a void and you, and you need this. I do encourage all of us that do any sort of, you know, ongoing training or certifications, do it because you want to, not because you feel like you need it or you're less than because you don't have it, right? To me, it's a wonderful add-on to a lot of our experiences because it taps us into another version of our light and our love that is not as easily accessible in this reality. So I think if I remember correctly, it's three calls, so it's three recordings, and there yes. is so much, there's beautiful Q&A, which adds a lot to the experience in those classes, and so it gets really kind of nice and like tangible, like, yeah, I can implement that today, and just deeply soul-stirring, um, ascension-activating energies. I don't know if I can describe it better than that. It's one of my favorite classes that I did last year, though. Well, and I took it, actually. Um I oh, you did. I, I did. I did. I did. Um, I just remembered that right at this moment. I'm like, oh, my God, I did do Unveiling Your Light with the Pudding mm-hmm. Council. Um, and it was, you know, for me, again, I totally agree with you. Don't ever do something because you think you have to. Um, I usually purchase things and do things because I feel like it will, um, what's the word? It'll just infuse it even more within me, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um and I found it really powerful for just con- a lot of confirmation for me, too, it felt like, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of us really benefit from is, is maybe things that you already feel or know, but it, it just confirms it. Um, oh, I think it's really Did helpful you... for our beautiful brains. <laughs> yes. I, I think my favorite part was the, when they got really specific about the different types of roles that are here. They kind of offered categories of different yes. roles that are played. The fixer, the bulldozer, I think was one of them. And it was just so like, oh my gosh, it was, I, I was really satisfied by that more tangible part of the messages too. And it kind of goes with living your purpose, right? So for those of yeah. us who are, are really interested in that right now, this may be, um, this may be something that you feel called to. And Jill, I know there's going to be some people listening that are like, what the hell is the Palladian? Um, oh, what's the okay. Palladian Council? So could you yeah. maybe, 
you know. So what are the whole idea? Yeah, uh, that's such a fair question. Okay, so galactic councils are actually are um, formal groups of energies that exist not in the astral but beyond the astral is where I go. So into the all that is the the. Let's see, how can I describe this? So we're in a physical reality. It is like a sock that's been pulled inside out. So we're in a sort of contained, um, like, terrarium of energy that has a definitive boundary. That's what keeps it uh, stable like it is. So those veils that some of us want to get rid of, uh, no, <laughs> that won't work. <laughs> um, those those layers of the cosmic veils are there to keep this reality in the way that it was divinely designed to function and then we can come in and disrupt it with the way that you and I in this group are but a Pleiadian council is a flavor of source energy that does relate to the Pleiadian stargates and they do have a different I want to say tone a different vibration a different sense of beingness that is is very special I love all the galactic councils that I work with and that Pleiadian council felt extra I want to say smooth and yummy um, for that time. And I do feel like for those that did it, we're primed even more so for really embracing all the creative energy and independence that's offered us in 2018. Yeah. And I just want to add that I just heard about the different um, star seeds and and all that a couple of years ago. Um, But when I heard Palladian, like, so if you're listening, listening to this, like, don't listen with your brain necessarily. Listen with your body because my whole body just tingled when I heard it. Mm. Like, it was like, yes. And that's how I knew that that was something that I needed to or wanted to learn more about. Yeah. So um, if any of you are feeling the tingles right now, <laughs> yeah. the tingles of truth, I call them, you may want to go check out um, Jill's offer Um, her program, Unveiling Your Light. And you can do that. Those of you who are live with us, if you're on the webcast, there is a button on the bottom of the screen that says Unveil Your Light. You can click that and go check out Jill's offering. Um, For those of you who are on the phone, if you go back to the email that you you received, um, you'll find a link that goes to the page where the replay of the interview is going to be, as well as Jill's gift. And my gift as well, um, the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Starter Kit. So you can go find all of that good stuff there. And for everyone who is on iTunes or Podbean listening in the future, you can, again, go to the link, um, tanyapenny.com, and it says podcast on the top of the page. Click that, and it'll take you to the interviews, um, Jill's interview, and right below the interview is a link to her offer, Unveiling Your Light. So <laughs> how to make sure I cover all the ways that people can find can find your offer and this amazing interview um, conversation. I don't want to call it an interview. Um, you're going to definitely want to re-listen to this. I know I am. So one more question, Jill. Yes? Are you okay with that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Carol says, thank you both. How can I gain the courage knowing full well about the potential of my gifts on steps to take to get past overwhelm of the responsibility. I am highly creative and struggle with left brain. Oh, let's feel into that. Tanya, I'd like to hear what you have to say about this too. Let's each take a turn. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So my thought for Carol is 
I'm feeling from her team, just this idea of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because there's a part of her that is wanting it to be more orderly and more predictable. And it's interesting because with all of her creative side, she actually knows what it's like to to actually enjoy the lack of structure and the the unpredictability (laughs) of situations. So if she, and I know she can, uh, Carol, I would encourage you to really play with the idea that any sort of of spiritual service or work, because not everybody's wanting to create a business out of their spirituality, but whatever you're doing, that you let more of that, that right brain, as it's known, creative side of you, be part of that. Welcome that version of you that is more more risk tolerant into the experience, right? Just because it's business doesn't mean it needs to be all left brain. And that's part mm-hmm. of the authenticity that we were talking about earlier too. It's awesome to know what your strengths are and what, what you're not what you're not best at, right? Um, so if the, the managing the business or creating the business isn't your forte, then just know that, hey, I'm gonna use my creative forces to put something in place as an outlet for my light in this reality. And if I need to change it as I go, I'll do that. Yeah, I'm just going to add on that because what I picked up was that belief that you think it has to look or be a certain way. I think that's the overwhelm coming in, right? The responsibility and the overwhelm. And I get so many people, um, healers and coaches that are very right-brained as well, And they're like, gosh, I just don't even know where to start or it's supposed to look this way. It's got to be complex. It's like, no, let's just keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Right? How can we just, what is just the next step that you need to take? You don't have to lay out the business plan. You don't have to have everything figured out. Like, what's just the next thing that you feel guided to do? Right? It doesn't have to be a big, hairy deal. It doesn't have to be complex. I think that a lot of us get caught up in that um, And then we stop, right? I love what you added, by the way, Tanya. Um, We stop when the details get overwhelming. And then, you know, two, three years down the road, we're still talking about that thing that we wanted to do that we haven't figured out those details yet. (laughs) So the beauty of being a business owner now is that there are so many different, like, support systems and devices and apps for, you know, receiving money, taking money from clients, et cetera. The transactional side is so much easier. So, It's just about picking something. When I get an email randomly from somebody on my website that says you have an error on this page, and I'm like, really, only one? I mean, that's my response. So an older version of Jill. I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) I had someone email me the other day that said, your newsletter newsletter had a bunch of misspellings in it. And I was like, who's shit? Like, my brain doesn't doesn't care about that There we go, exactly. So yeah, it's did you just get the like, gist of what I meant? <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. It's so good. So this idea that – so the more comfortable you can get with taking risks and having it be imperfect, the more you realize that those details don't matter as much as we think they do. So just pick something and go with it. I, I've gotten more comfortable with this as I've gone, whether it's in – you know, I use a WordPress website. I didn't know – I wasn't taught – Anything about running my business in business school, by the way. I taught mm. I, I taught corporate finance about how to price bonds and stocks and how to value a company. Nobody taught me how to run a website. Okay, so I've had a YouTube is my friend. How do I? Yep, <laughs> blah blah blah. Right. So you know, well, my event 
app is broken right now. I've got to figure out maybe I need another event widget than this one. You know, I just <laughs> I figure things out as I go, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I'm not pretending I know everything that I'm doing on the business side, but I know enough to put myself out there to do what I really want to do, which is help people. Yeah, so I even get that. like, yeah, like Carol, I even get like, what if you just like, okay, I have these gifts. I know that I want to support people. So the two biggest things you really need to do is one, start putting yourself out there. So it might, might not even be a website. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe you put there a post you know. on Facebook. Hey, I'm, this is, this is, here's who I am and this is what I'm offering. If you're interested, yep. email me, right? Email yep. me and I'll give you more details. So, like, that may be just your first step, Carol, as well as deciding how much you want to charge and how you're going to get money, like how you're going to take yeah. money from your clients. PayPal is awesome. Like, that's a really no-brainer for a lot of people to start is with PayPal. You know, send someone an invoice. So just there's my little get simple and get started. <laughs> yep. Don't worry about it because there's a lot of things to get just like, oh, my, our eyes glaze over. And then, again, we don't do anything. So just notice when you're shutting down, step away from it, and then come back to it another time. Just be like, okay, how can I make this the most easy and the most simple? And, Tanya, that's what I feel like you were saying, which I totally agree with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Simple. Get simple. So, Jill, is there anything else that your team feels guided to share before we wrap up our amazing conversation today? Yeah. We, first of all, thank you. It's, I feel so grateful for the opportunity to share with such an amazing group. I really feel that way. I just feel so blessed mm-hmm. that, that I got to offer anything that could hopefully be of value in some way. Our message from the team here is we have so many reasons to be excited, not just about 2018, but everything going forward because we are getting a lot clearer and we are getting more um, savvy about what our light really is and living it and sharing it and expanding it and growing it and nurturing it and protecting it and supporting it in a reality that wasn't made for it. That's why we talk about Jesus still today. It's because his Mm. light stood out so much. Right? He's a he rare, right? We, every single one of us, is also a rare and treasured experience of light. And when we live that way, where we're not messing around, right? If somebody's there to like diss us or trash us or whatever, that we've got a we've got a ready response for uh that's just your opinion, no thank you, right? And moving on, <laughs> right? But get savvy, take yourself seriously. Where you are insecure, give that part of you a hug and create the courage. Don't find the courage. Create the courage to take whatever next step you need to be the bigger and bolder version of light that you are. And may I add, you've told me this before, Jill, Jesus wasn't popular. That's so true. <laughs> when, he, when he was in the middle of all oh of it. Oh, my gosh. Oh. He wasn't popular. So remember, you might... You're not here to please other people. Jesus wasn't popular uh, with most people, and, and you might, you know, it's okay. <laughs> he was totally polarizing. He was completely <laughs> polarizing. That is the, oh, he's like, oh, I just love what you just said, because now he's laughing. He's like, she's so right. This this idea that he's like, had I waited until everyone liked me to do anything, I would have still only been a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> 
and people wouldn't be talking about them today. So, um, so yeah. you know, be your own version of Jesus and get your asses out there and shine your light. Right? <laughs> you have a troublemaker where you need to be, <laughs> rebel rouser. <laughs> oh, Jill, thank you so much for this conversation. I have just really enjoyed it and just feel really grateful to um, have shared this time with you. Thank you. I love you so much, Tanya. It was really my pleasure. I love you, and this was really fun for me, too. I loved our conversation. Well, maybe we'll have to do it again, Jill. (laughs) You know where to find me. (laughs) Know where to find you. And Carol says thank you so much, both of you. You're so welcome, Carol. Awesome, you guys. So you can... Well, first of all, thank you all for joining us for this amazing conversation in the Vibrant Body and Abundant Life podcast. Thank you, Jill. Um, yeah, just remember, you guys, I just want to add progress, not perfection. Like, it's what's important right now is to get started. Small steps, small baby steps. Just one small step is going to put you, you know, put you in the direction of moving forward to fully living your passions and purpose, to healing and um, just creating your really amazing, abundant life this year and, and beyond. And you can join us for more amazing expert conversations. Um, tomorrow and Friday, we've got John Burgos coming up and Cindy with Feminine Mastery. You can find all the details at tanyapenny.com if you are not signed up for the email and just click podcast at the top of the screen, and um, you'll find the page with all the information, all the replays, all the gifts and offers. And, um, yeah, I just thank you all for being here, and I'm really, really looking forward to 2018. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to leave us a favorable review at iTunes. And remember to visit TanyaPenny.com to receive all of your favorite free expert gifts, including Tanya's virtual workshop, The Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Blueprint.